This podcast is brought to you by MediShare, affordable and biblical health care sharing. Visit MediShare.com slash unpacking it. You deserve affordable, reliable health care. It's MediShare. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast with Bryce Johnson. It's a show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. Enjoy inspiring conversations and thought-provoking interviews. You'll hear stories from people that will inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Now, from the Unpacking It studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans everywhere, here is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast presented by MetaShare. I'm Bryce Johnson. This is the show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. So glad to be with you today and excited to be joined by Rennie Curran. That's right. He played in the NFL. He was drafted by the Titans. He played his college football at Georgia. He was drafted in the third round of the 2010 NFL Draft. And what he's doing now is awesome because I love guys that are willing to commit their life to speaking, encouraging, inspiring others and using their experiences to to help others and, and to see things differently. And so he's got a really cool story. Uh, you'll be encouraged today. It's always my my hope for all of us as we as we hear from these guys uh, that join us on this show. He's a, a keynote speaker, author, uh, leadership and business coach, and he he wrote one book uh, about the intangibles for overcoming adversity, and, and we'll get into that today as well. And uh, of course, ask him about uh, Georgia winning the national championship. So we'll get we'll get some thoughts on on that as well. Uh, but we'll have some fun with him in just a moment. Stick around at the end of the show. Uh, I'll give you kind of one big takeaway uh, that I wanted to unpack a little bit further. Uh, so stick around for that. We are brought to you by MediShare. MediShare is an innovative healthcare solution for Christians looking to save money without sacrificing on quality. MediShare is a biblical, affordable alternative to health insurance. So go to metashare.com slash unpacking it, and you can figure out if it can save your family money, uh, if it's the right fit for, for you and your family. It has been for my family uh, for over five years, and so I encourage you to check them out, metashare.com slash unpacking it. Well, right now, let's jump in. Here's our guest, Renny Curran. Bringing you unique insight into the faith and character of guests from the sports world. Unpacking it with Bryce Johnson. And joining us on the MetaShare guest line is Rennie Curran. After a successful football career at Georgia, he was drafted in the third round of the 2010 NFL Draft by the Tennessee Titans. He is now a keynote speaker, author, leadership and business coach, CEO of Game Changer Coaching. He's authored two books. One is called Free Agent, The Intangibles for Overcoming Adversity and Times of Transition. He also wrote a book with his daughter, which I can't wait to hear about, 
called What Does It Take to Be a Star? You can check out RennieCurran.com. Rennie, it's great to have you on unpacking it today. How are you? Man, I'm doing great. So glad to be on with you all and your listeners, man. It's a, it's a blessing. So I'm, I'm excited and fired up. All right. Well, here we go. Well, before we, we get into your story, uh, this has been a big year for Georgia on, on the, in regards to sports. And so you being a former player, how exciting was it to see the team win the national championship and then to follow that up with Matthew Stafford representing the Bulldogs winning the Super Bowl? Uh, it was everything. Like you said, this is our season, right? It's uh, been really cool to watch and just to know that you're a small part of the foundation that's been built, you know, the hard work, the the culture, the camaraderie, um, you know, it, it really took me back seeing those guys out there and the work that they put in and uh, the ultimate uh, result that they were able to achieve. And even coming back after that loss to Alabama, that was huge. I mean, you don't see at that level a lot of teams being able to respond the way that they were able to um, to respond. And, and then, of course, you got to have a little bit of luck, right? Like they had some injuries and some things that went in their favor. And uh, we've always kind of been on the other side of that. Uh, even when I played, man, we got close. Maybe, you know, the system wasn't right. Like we didn't have the uh, playoff system back when I played and different things like that. Uh, but this year they just had all the right tools, all the right uh, talent, you know, all the things that fell into their place, man. They had the depth, right? So even if guys went down, other guys were able to step up. So it, it was just cool to be a part of and to celebrate, got to hang out with the guys afterwards. And just, um, yeah, just, just, it was surreal. Just seeing them finally get it done after four, like 40 years or something like that. It's crazy. Man. Cause, cause what makes Georgia and the football program specifically special, it can just kind of in general based on your experience. And then what made this team in particular special enough to, to win the whole thing? I mean, it starts with leadership, man. It, it really, really does. I, I talked to a lot of the guys before the season started, and uh, they talked about just how well this team had, uh, you know, just developed their leaders, the mindset, the camaraderie. You know, you don't have a team like that 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 is that consistent in terms of their performance and able to bounce back like that unless you have guys that are really, really connected, really love each other and are playing for something bigger than themselves. And so that's what I saw from this team. I mean, they have the talent. They have five stars. Of course, that's always great. But how many teams have you seen that have been extremely talented and then underperformed or they had a loss and they could really bounce back? So I think that's where it started with this team was not just the talent, but also things like leadership, that connection, the camaraderie, the love that they have for each other. And you can see it, man. Um, You know, even when they lost, they they got back in the weight room, in the film room, and they just built on that, you know, on, on the adversity and uh, leverage that in order to, to end with that win, man. So that's what I've seen is, is those intangibles. And Kirby talks about it, talked about it a lot, you know, even uh, in his post-game speeches, just how it's not about me, it's about we. You know, just things like that, having that that team mindset and everything. So I think that made the biggest difference ultimately. It, it was impressive, no question. And, and now a bunch of those guys will be drafted next month. So uh, we'll, we'll see where, where they end up. Well, Renny, I, wa- I want to get into to your story, and you've already mentioned the word adversity, and I, I know that that's a, a key part of, of what you speak on and, and encourage others in, in their own adversity. But let, let's hear your story and, and what were, as you look back on your life, and I'm sure you'll face more adversity moving forward, but as you, you look back to, to this point, what have been some of the, the pivotal seasons in your life where yeah. you've been f- faced with adversity and, and you were able to, to overcome that adversity? Yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, when I look back on my life, adversity has definitely been a recurring theme. But the things that have resulted as, uh, uh, you know, from that adversity has been even better. 
And so when I talk about my story, I can't start it without talking about my parents. They were both Liberian immigrants who came uh, from Liberia uh, to the United States. My mom came here first in the early 80s, around the same age I am now, which just blows my mind. Like I could not imagine picking up my bags, um, leaving all my relationships, everything I'm familiar with and going to like, you know, Europe or Asia and just completely starting over. But that's what she did. She came on scholarship and uh, got her master's in nursing. So I had to work extremely hard for that. My dad came. He left his dreams and hopes and aspirations and came here uh, with my oldest sister and just um, put everything to the side and just, you know, started his career. And he did what a lot of uh, immigrants uh, do, which is just pick up a skill just to provide for the family. And so he his skill was shoe repair. And so he started that, eventually bought into a shoe, uh, shoe repair franchise. And so just seeing how much they work, man, seeing him them both build something from nothing was just so inspiring. And that like was something that I, I gravitate towards as an early age, just seeing the values of just hard work, resilience, leadership. There was a civil war also that was taking place during that time in Liberia. So my earliest experiences were seeing them uh, take everything they had, send it back home, help build everyone around them. And then, um, you know, just going through that adversity or seeing that adversity that, that my family members experienced was something that resonated with, with me. And so when it came to football, Getting out on that field, I already had something that I was playing for that was bigger than myself. I knew that there was so much, so many other things going on in the world beyond just me trying to achieve my dreams. And uh, as, as far as my whole adversity goes, it really started with football, with me being labeled undersized. And mm. I talk about that a lot because we all have that moment where it's somewhere in our life where we're an underdog, right? We may have been doubted. We may get face rejections. We may be trying to accomplish something that we don't even know we, if we can accomplish it or not. And it, it gives us that imposter syndrome or that feeling of not knowing if we're enough. And so I faced that um, in the game of football pretty early on, especially going through the recruiting process, not being uh, the typical size for SEC linebacker. I was like five, nine and a half and uh, 215 when I first started. And most, you know, most SEC linebackers are anywhere from 6'1 to 6'4, just huge guys. And so I had to do every single thing possible to overcome that challenge, you know, and it really started with, you know, building that confidence, but then going to work, getting in the weight room, putting on an extra 30, 40, 50 pounds and just wow. really trusting in that. And, and then having that growth mindset. I mean, there's so many aspects of it. Uh, and then I was able to overcome that hurdle, got to University of Georgia, didn't play right away. And uh, it was wasn't until about the eighth week that I actually got my first experience, my first start. But until then, I was going by faith, just working extremely hard in the dark, you know, not not necessarily getting the acknowledgement, not getting the promotion, but just believing and operating at the level of my vision. That's that's something that I live by now saying. Uh, and I really like when it came to operating at the level of my vision, that meant preparing, training and approaching every single thing that I did as if I was a starter before I actually became that starter. And that's what ultimately helped me get to that next level, becoming a starter at University of Georgia, even being labeled undersized and eventually becoming a three time All-American Buckets Award finalist, you know, just all those things. And of course, leveraging my teammates around me. I mean, that's another thing that I talk about a lot. No, None of us can overcome adversity on our own. And mm -hmm. so I had so many teammates, I mean, on and off the field, chaplains, coaches, um, teachers, you know, just so many people who poured into me along with that. Uh, got to the NFL, man, after my third year and uh, faced another road uh, uh, of adversity or another road bump. And that was when my coaching staff got fired after my second year. And so uh, they brought in the new staff. You know, a lot of people are familiar with regime change and leadership change, but they want their own people there. 
And so they drafted two new linebackers. They brought one in during free agency. So all of a sudden, I become a stepchild, and I end up getting cut after my second year. So I'm back home, and it, for about six months, man, I'm just training, going by faith once again, training four hours a day. And uh, I also got the urge to just write, to start journaling, to start understanding myself. And so I started by reading a ton of books, uh, by doing like a, a basically an inventory on myself, a personal inventory, just to really start to understand the skills and the knowledge and the values that I could bring to the marketplace. And that's what ultimately got me on the trajectory of where I am now as a speaker and as an author. That's when I started writing my first book. And I was only 20. I was like 22 at that time. So it's still extremely young. Ended up writing my first book by 24, um, free agent. And so, yeah, those are just some of the early uh, challenges and adversity that I faced that that really, like I said, it was really when I look back, those challenges created the biggest opportunities in my life. Gosh, that's incredible. Well, I, I want to unpack a little bit further that that time where you are a free agent and you're yeah. wondering what's going to happen to your NFL career. So as you as you do look back, do you do you view making it to the NFL as the success or is it a disappointment? How, how do you kind of view hmm. that that now and what were you thinking in that in that moment as well? And how does that compare to, to now? Yeah, I mean, ultimately, you know, that's where we're all trying to get to. Like as an athlete, when you're a young kid starting out, I mean, I still remember walking to the stadium for the first time at University of Georgia and just being like, man, wow, like this is it. This is where I want to be. And this is like, that's what success is to you at that time. But then when you get there and you realize, man, that there's so much more to life than just, you know, getting that signing bonus and, and getting to that platform. And you see guys who've been in, uh, played in the game for 10, 12, 15 years, got to the second, third, fourth contract, and they still, like, they when they finish, they're still lost. And it's, it's not like, you know, the movies. I tell people it's not like the movies where you just get to that place and then you ride off into the sunset and the credits grow. Like, no, you still have life. You still have to, like, figure out your true identity outside of that jersey and everything. So once I got there, uh, I realized, man, that this is just the beginning. This isn't, this isn't the end-all, be-all. And everything. And so that's when I really, really, when I got cut, really started to learn who I really was, my true identity. Um, you know, what truly made me confident about myself? What was what was I truly self-motivated about? Like all those things that, you know, when you strip away your job title, the money, all those things, when all that stuff is gone away, who are you really? And so that's what I started to discover. And, uh, you know, now it's like when I looked at that whole uh, journey and just the even the disappointment of getting cut after my second year and and things not panning out the way that I wanted to, I look at all this, the skills, the talents, the relationships and everything that I gained from that. Right. Mm -hmm. So not just the out the, the outcome, but I look at all the things that maybe aren't always quant like quantifiable, right. All the things that you can't measure that I gained from that moment. Um, things like my, my faith became stronger humility. I mean, there's so many intangibles, right. That, that you gain when you go through different challenges. And when I look at that, man, even the ability to walk into that, that, uh, you know, to be at that level, it was a huge win. I mean, coming from my my, my circumstances, the, the statistics are already, already 0.008%. And so when you add in the fact that I'm undersized, I got like, immigrant parents who didn't know anything about football. Like, they literally just thought it was people hitting each other. Like, oh. um, all those other factors, man, it's like, golly, how could I ever for a second think that this wasn't, you know, a major blessing? And it's just a platform that I'm now able to use because – People, you know, sports brings so many people together. 
So um, I really look at it as a huge win, even though, like I said, it didn't from the world standards necessarily pan out the way that I wanted to. Oh, I love that. I love that perspective because I, I think as fans, oh, you know, the, oh, his career's over, he's cut, right. it's it's a bust, and and we we jump to those conclusions. But to to hear your angle on it, I think is is so encouraging and and really the right the, the right approach for sure. And you know, sadly, a lot of guys don't get there because they they, right. they they wallow in the disappointment. And so it's so encouraging to hear what how you've taken it to say, all right, now I'm going to go encourage others and and now you've got this whole career in in front of you where you're you're speaking around the country and and coaching uh, business leaders and athletes and and doing some great things and and so so it's all so it's awesome so i i uh i'm encouraged by it but but let, let's dive into your your faith journey and you mentioned that that even going through you know of course god uses adversity to to change us and and transform us and and so how did that play out for you how did your how did your faith in in jesus uh start to to grow and 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 maybe even take us into to where you're at now as as you walk with jesus yeah no that's a great question man i was one of those who grew up in the church man i had a mother who would you know middle of the night she's uh waking up and uh you know anointing my head with oil and i I wake up and i got the oil running down (laughs) dripping down my face (laughs) So I had I had that type of mom. And um, so I was always in the church. I was always familiar with the word. And uh, even my grandfather, he was a, a bishop uh, of the Liberian Methodist Church mm. and everything. So play the drums. That was another thing, you know, that was a big part of my life was music. So I played cool. the drum in the church. So I'm in the front row every Sunday. But, you know, when you're in that situation where it's just your norm and, you know, something you're always familiar with, something that's part of your culture, it's very easy to just kind of be lukewarm and not really have to know it for yourself because, you're always in that environment. It's just kind of what you do. But not until I got to college and I got I went pro and I got cut was a time when I really, really started building my faith and really building that relationship with God. Because when I say like you when you become a free agent, when you're away from that team, you're away from everything that's normal to you, um, the job, your career, everything stripped away. That's when you really have to depend on God. Like you, I don't care how much weights I lifted. I don't care how much uh, how fast I was. At that time, like I, I could, I didn't know what was gonna happen next. So the only person I could lean on was God. The only thing I could lean on was my faith and just believing that there was more to come. That God was gonna work out something great during that time. And so that really, really started my process. And then as I was transitioning out of football and really starting to get to know my identity, I started to uncover so many things. There were so many things I had to unlearn, Ooh. right? And that's the crazy thing about life. Like we go through so many different things early in our, whether it's in our childhood, whether it's in our career, things that like make us uh, condition us to believe certain things, mm. right? Condition us to operate certain ways that we don't even know are damaging. For example, like just even being in football and being in that, that hyper masculine environment, right? Where nothing's ever enough. You mm. hit that way. You got to get another way. You get that, you know, you make 20 tackles, you got to get 20 more. Like, and then I'm never tall enough. So I'm always constantly hearing that. And then subconsciously, I didn't realize that after hearing that so many times that I didn't even realize that I was doing things to make up for that, right? Whether it was women, whether it was constantly trying to achieve more, I call it, I call it toxic ambition. Ah. So there's so many things that I was doing without even knowing it that helped me as an athlete, but in life as a man, it was damaging because I, I was always searching for more. Mm-hmm. And as a Christian, you know, in my relationship with God, I have to know that, man, with God, as long as I know that I'm a child of God, then I'm enough. Mm-hmm. I don't need to have more. I don't need to feel like I 
have to be on an NFL team to feel like I'm enough or that I'm special or whatever, have, you know, a, a, a certain type um, of woman to make me feel like I was enough. And I feel like so many of us struggle with that, especially as men. And that was something I had to learn. I had to go back and do the work on myself and really uncover. And now, man, I can say I'm in an gr- amazing place. And uh, just with my faith, uh, with my, you know, just understanding of myself uh, and just so, so many things. And I'm able to help so many other people do that. Wow. No, that's that's in- incredible and, and inspiring. And and I love th- this concept of unlearning. And, and it mm-hmm. really is so important because... We buy lies, so we have to to, to replace those lies with with truth and, and ultimately uh, God's truth and, and scripture and, and and then unlearning just the the things of the patterns of this world. So we have to renew our mind, which is right. what Romans twelve talks about. Um, and and so as you're uh, you know, coaching people and 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 working with with organizations, uh, you mentioned this word toxic ambition. That's yeah. a, that's Fascinating word to me. So I'd like to unpack that further. What do you see just with, with people and, and, and what are some ways you're, you're especially from a, a faith-based perspective, helping yeah. them through this concept of toxic ambition? Yeah. So I think toxic ambition, I mean, it's something that's very, very real, especially with us as men. I see that more often with, uh, for, for men than anything. I mean, even my own father is mm. like he was uh, building that business. And when he was in that position of being a CEO, being a breadwinner, he was the man, right? Yeah. His confidence was up high. Everything was going great. Couldn't nobody tell him anything. But the minute that that was stripped from him, right, that that business left, he felt like he was nothing. You know, his wow. value left. Yeah. His perspective of self left. I mean, all the skills, like I talked about, all the skills that I took away from the game, I was able to transfer that over. But a lot of people, when they leave, or, or they get fired or they lose that business, they forget all those things that they have with them as well. So when it comes to that that toxic ambition, a lot of times it's our job. It's, it can be our relationship. It can be, um, you know, just even the status, right? It, it's social media, right? It could be our following that we have, whatever the case may be. But it's like we're chasing these things. We're trying to build these things, not necessarily because it's our calling, but it's because we're trying to get to that place where we feel like we're enough. And it's just it, it comes in different ways. And that's what I mean by toxic ambitions. For some of us, it's like we're we're trying we have to get that next business. We have to get this next degree. We have to get, you know, whatever the case may be. It takes different forms and everything. So what I try to do to help people uncover uncover that is, number one, just having the awareness that is there, you know, so really, really helping them get clear on what is it that you actually want. Right. And why do you want that? So I think it, it all starts with just self-awareness and really, really understanding yourself, uh, understanding your why, understanding why you're chasing these things. Because if it's just like to, you know, sometimes it may be envy. Sometimes you're trying to compare yourself. Sometimes, you know, there's just so many, uh, I call them feels, like some of us are feel by just the wrong things, right? And that's what makes it toxic. But if you if you replace those things, that that feel with something pure, Right. Where now you're you're building that business because it's about impact. It's about influence. It's about legacy. Or, you you know, you're in that relationship because you're trying to fulfill what you believe that God has for you or what he's trying to build up inside of you. Then that's a different type of approach. You know, that's that's what I believe. Positive ambition. Right. And so it's it's very, very deep. We could talk about it all day, man. But that's that's something that I see a lot. I see it with athletes, man see it with business professionals and, and something that, you know, I think really, really needs to change. Amen. Amen. And uh, yeah, again, with scripture saying, you know, 
don't do anything out of selfish ambition. And right. that, would, that would fall right right into that 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 toxic ambition for sure. Um, so how can we serve others? How do we serve God? And and that's where we find the the satisfaction and the fulfillment and the purpose and the and the meaning uh to to life. God God working through us and in us and and being able to to use all of our experiences, all of our adversity for yeah. for the for for good and and to to reflect him in, in all we do. So um man, I love that. That's that's uh that, that's great stuff. Um all right, so I, I do want to unpack one of your your tweets recently and mm. it says uh it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to have someone that holds you accountable on yeah. a consistent basis. Imagine where you could be if you had someone in the form of a coach or a mentor to help you in those areas of weakness. Yeah. And, and so we'd love to, yeah, just hear a little bit more on your, your thoughts on that and how important that's been for you personally uh, in your own life. Yeah. I mean, uh, when I think about that, that tweet, man, and how relevant that is, I, I immediately go back to uh, just my experience as an athlete. I mean, I remember when I had those games where I just thought, man, this was my best game ever. And then I come back in the film room that Monday or whatever it is that we played on Saturday and I'm sitting there with my coach and my coach is like, man, do, do you see what you did right here? Do you, did you see this false step? Did you see where you missed this key right here? Did you see? And I didn't even, because I was in the game, because I was in that moment and locked in, I didn't even realize those little imperfections, those little flaws. And so mm-hmm. it was crucial to my development to have that extra set of eyes. And I, I have a saying now that I heard that's so powerful that you can't read the label from inside the bottle. Meaning that you, there's only so much of you that in your habits and, and whatnot in terms of your awareness that you can see, right, That and that you can actively change. So that's where a coach or a counselor or therapist comes in. And like I, like I talked about before, a lot of our habits, a lot of our tendencies and patterns and things that we do, our actions that we take are things that have, you know, in other areas of our life have helped us. You know, maybe from our childhood, we were experiencing some tough times. And so we developed habits and coping mechanisms that helped us in that moment. But now that we're removed from that that place in life, now it's like you apply it to your, your family, you apply it to, you know, your career, and now it's damaging you, it's hurting you, mm-hmm. right? And w- without you having somebody that is an expert, you know, it doesn't even have to be an expert necessarily. It can be a loved one, somebody who really has your best interest, somebody who really, really cares about you, doesn't, you know, have any ulterior motives. They just want to see you succeed to just say, hey, like, do you notice that you're doing this? You notice that, you know, you, you, you know, you you do this certain habit and it's, it can be small things that are holding people back. For some people that can be condescending for some people, they talk over others when others are talking. Some of us, we don't listen well. Like some of us, we're, we're poor planners. Like it's all kinds of things that we have and we all have something, right? We may be really, really great, great at our career, but we may be disengaged as a parent. You know, there's just all kinds of scenarios. Well, I feel like having a coach can just help you go to the next level. And that's something that, you know, I've really, really enjoyed is uh, working with people in those areas of, of just where they don't have that awareness or they're working extremely hard, but they don't realize that they're inefficient in certain areas. So, yeah, I could, I could talk about that all day. <laughs> yeah, me too, because I'm, I'm a huge uh, believer, supporter uh, in mentorship and, and yeah. having mentors in, in your life. And actually just this week had lunch with my mentor. And it got a little heated. He was challenging mm. me. He was pushing me and yeah. not, not letting me uh, settle or talk myself out of something. He's like, no, mm-hmm. no, 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 time out. And, and that's what we need. That's what I need. So even in the moment, uh, you know, a little iron sharpens iron, but then you walk yeah. away and it's, it's man, God, 
God's working and, and moving and, and he uses people that are further along and experienced in certain areas that, that see us in a, in a different light than we see ourselves to your point. Um, yeah. so, so it is, it's, it's really, really valuable. So, yeah, man. And I, add, I'll add in another thing. I think self-evaluation is one of the most powerful things that you can do. And I, I genuinely like, since I've applied this to my life, it has changed everything. I have a progress sheet. Like, you know, when we used to be in school, we get progress reports every, you know, every quarter or whatever it is. But um, I have a progress sheet for myself that I uh, review every single week. And in that progress report, uh, basically, I'll go over my wins for the week. So that helps me build, uh, build positive momentum and really programs my mind for success and, and being aware of like the good things that are happening. Because so many times in life, man, it can just be like that snowball effect where one bad thing happens. And next thing you feel like, man, my life is just trash. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I make sure that I go through my entire week, everything that I scheduled and put down. And write down all the wins. If I had a good presentation, if I had a good meeting, if I had a good interaction um, with, you know, with my family and, and just whatnot, I write all those little things down. And then I write down my improvements, mm-hmm. things that I need to improve on. So if it's being better uh, with my time management, if it's I'm getting distracted, I'll, I'll write those things down. So I'm aware of areas I need to grow. And then the last thing I'll do is I write down my goals for that net that are for that next week that are upcoming. What do I want to accomplish? What do I want to knock out? And just so on and so forth. But doing that every single week has been so powerful and and just helped me to grow and and be aware of myself. I love it. Absolutely. It's, it's hard to be disciplined to do that, but, but yeah, you're right. The the value of that is, uh, is tremendous. And uh, being able to, yeah, seek the Lord as we look inward and ask him to reveal things to us as, as we examine our, our life and, uh, and ask him to to shine light on those things in, in our life. Uh, it Definitely. goes goes a long way for sure. All right, last thing before we uh, we get out of here, um, the the book that you wrote with your daughter. What yeah. does it take to be a star? Uh, so I'm a girl dad myself. I have two daughters, uh, so right. I love this idea, and I, I read to my my two and a half year old every every night. So we got to add this to the uh, to the rotation. Um, but but tell me about the book and how how, how you did that with with your daughter. Yeah, so the the book, man, just really came as a as a vision, man, from from God. Like I, I truly believe that it was like four a.m. and the idea just came. Oh, that's awesome! And uh, yeah, I just started uh, dribbling, uh, you know, writing down this a little scratch scratches, uh, stick figures, and whatnot. I'm not an artist whatsoever, <laughs> <laughs> but I got a friend who is an artist, so I reached nice. out to him. He was all in. My daughter loves. Uh, she was around seven years old at that time. And um, she loved just drawing and writing and different things like that. So as I was putting together the concept and the ideas for the book, I was like, hey, babe, how would you like to be an author? How would you like to do do this uh, project with dad? And she didn't know what she was getting into. So she was just uh, like, yeah, of course. And so, you know, she gave me a lot of the ideas that I drew from when uh, I, I navigated just the storyline and the character progression and whatnot. So it's basically about a young boy who's curious about what it takes to be special in life or what it takes to be important, just like most kids. Um, and so he goes on a journey, right, to discover what it takes to be a star. And he talks to all the people he looks up to in his community. So he talks to, you know, the athlete. He talks to a firefighter. He talks to a comedian. He talks to a runner. And instead of them giving him kind of a cliche answer in terms of their career and their title and things that, you know, would, would uh, be viewed as success from the world standards, they all give him a different character value. Ah. Yeah. So the athlete tells him about work ethic and working hard while nobody's watching. The firefighter tells him about being a servant 
The mm. com- uh, comedian tells him about having a positive attitude. The runner tells him about persevering and, and just keeping, you know, keep going and as, as long as you can and just put one uh, foot in front of the other. And, uh, you know, who else we got? We, we had, I mean, so many people that just teach different less life lessons. Right. And then by the end of the book, he realizes that it's not, you know, what you do that makes you a star. It's about who you are. And wow. then ultimately understanding that you already are a star, that God made you a star, that you just have to, you know, work hard and, and continue to progress to be, you know, to fulfill that. And so that's what the book is really about, just helping a child understand that it's not necessarily the title. If you want to be a firefighter, it doesn't matter what you want to do. It's about who you are as a person, about your heart, it's about your attitude um, and, and all those intangibles, man. So that's that's what it's about, man. That's a great message. Very cool. What does it take to be a star? Uh, so a, a kid, a kid's book, children's book. So, uh, very neat. Well, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to get that and, uh, read that to, to little Maddie. So that sounds, that sounds awesome. Well, Rennie, man, great to have you on unpacking it today. Thanks so much for, for all that you shared and just great encouragement and, and perspective and, and, and wisdom. So, so thanks for, for sharing. Guys, thanks so much, man. Appreciate you. And, uh, God bless. Absolutely. There's Rennie Curran joining us here on the MetaShare guest line right here on the Unpacking It podcast. Sharing the personal side of sports, this is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. And we're back in the Unpacking It studio to unpack the conversation we just had with Rennie Curran. And you can check out Rennie Curran dot com for for more info about him and his speaking and his books and uh, I do have to get that that children's book uh, which sounds sounds awesome what does it take to be a star so very cool but my my big takeaway or the the one thing I wanted to focus on because he had a lot of great things the the concept of unlearning because we spend a lot of time in life hey and hopefully we, especially if you're listening to podcasts you want to grow you want to learn you want to change you want to uh, understand things better the parallel or the the thing that we need to do along with learning is unlearning the things that we've learned along the way that aren't true the things that aren't helping us the the things that are holding us back the lies that that we believe the the misinformation that we've been been given over the years and of course we, we've got an enemy and evil at work uh, against us and so we're you know we're thrown lies all the time you know, Satan's a deceiver. Um, and so we have to be aware of that and then be willing to, you know, evaluate what's the truth and, and wait, wait, what have I learned previously? And I got to unlearn that. And, and I think one of the key, you know, Bible verses to, uh, to help us with that is Romans 12, two, where it says, uh, this is the amplified version and do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs, but be transformed and progressively changed as you mature spiritually by the renewing of your mind, focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes so that you may prove for yourselves what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect in his plan and purpose for you. And so... That's a that's a strong strong verse. The whole Romans twelve chapter is fantastic. Uh, so that's the amplified version. the The simple CSB version 
do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. And so we've got to renew our minds. And I think part of that is unlearning. And so if we think biblically, think according to uh, the Holy Spirit within us and, and being able to discern with wisdom, we we learn new things while unlearning the old things and leaving the former ways behind us, the former thoughts behind us, and we got to retrain our brain, uh, which is which can be very hard to do. It's a process. It's difficult. We we don't even realize all the lies that that, that are attached to us that we got to let go of that are holding us back that are telling us we're you know we're no good or we're never going to do this or or whatever it may be whatever the lie may be a lot of different things so we got to renew our mind and unlearn so good stuff from ready that kind of triggered that appreciate that thought and uh a lot of a lot of good wisdom and insight so that was uh that was a fun one i like i liked ready a lot that was that was good stuff so i hope you enjoyed it as well thank you for listening i hope you have a great rest of your day I'm Bryce. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected, and through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Unpacking It podcast presented by MetaShare. For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.